Hello, racing fans. Uh, not Edison Hatter again. Nahu Mikey P. Mike Probozzi, uh filling in because Ed is coming back from the racetrack symposium on racing down at the University of Arizona. Uh, he is on his way back because he has obligations this weekend at Meadowlands. Uh, meanwhile, I'm hosting another first over podcast. Uh, this one for the Mohawk uh, show. And this is Mohawk races for Saturday, December 10th. And I have a special guest here, one who I I think is is a very is a, is a great guest for these podcasts because he's a horse player. He's in the trenches every day betting. He has an excellent opinion. One of the best betters I know, and uh, it's great to have him back again, Murray Slaw. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, thanks for that kind introduction, and uh, ready to pick some mobile winners with you here, hopefully. Yeah, and, and it's this card. I was looking at it earlier today and, and i even sent you a message like i found this early pick five really difficult it is it's a it's a tough sequence it's hopefully not going to be the type of sequence we see sometimes a mohawk where you know you get a lot of chalk it ends up paying 30 dollars for 20 cents and it's just kind of a downer i don't really see that happening in this sequence of course now that i say that it could chalk out but it is a difficult first five races i like it i like it when it's challenging and and i think saturday night is one of those times the early pick five looks like a good one yeah and when it is hard i feel like that lends itself to it paying more than it should because people are spreading more people are playing bigger tickets and then it only takes one sort of oddball winner to really blow it up. Absolutely. Uh, and you've definitely had some big scores, especially on, on these kind of sequences, I think, where you're not afraid to, you know, kind of take some boards and take some different different angles, be different from the typical players, the, the guys that are taking two and three horses a race. You're more like, oh, I'm going to single the one and then take, you know, all in three races and then maybe single another horse. So That's you right. definitely play kind of definitely different tickets than, than a lot of people. Absolutely. And and those kind of tickets don't work when it pays 30 bucks, obviously. Right. So, yeah, this is more of the kind of night where you can you can take some boards. But but like you said, I'm not just looking to take boards. I'm looking for singles. Right. So in the ticket I gave you for for tonight, I do have a single. I think there's probably another horse in the sequence that you could single. And I probably will if I'm betting multiple tickets and we'll get into that. But, yeah, I'm not just looking, you know, I will take boards, but also really trying to identify horses that I can single that will win. And, and then, you know, that lets me obviously open up the door to some long shots, but also I, you know, identifying singles is the most important thing to me in playing a pick five, because to get through a leg with the absolute minimum number of horses, and especially if your single is in a heavy favorite, I mean, that is very, very important in, in multi-race wagering. Right. You have to have separation. You have to have equity in order Absolutely. to create value. So and, and we talk a lot about that, especially on these pods. And, and, and other, other pods talk about it, too. And, and it's becoming more in vogue, I think, be, with the horse players. And especially, you know, you have the ticket police on Twitter every five minutes. Like, yes. oh, well, yeah, you won 5000 but you spent this and you did this wrong and you did that wrong. Well, I'm more a, a proponent of, okay, figure out what works for you and then maximize that, that strategy. Course. Absolutely. You know? Not everyone's going to do the same thing. If we all did the same thing, then of course it would pay nothing because everyone would have the same approach, right? I mean, it's great that everyone does their own thing. They have different approaches, different ways of doing it. I'm happy that a lot of people go three by two by two by three, and that's the majority of the tickets you'll see suggested or put out there by people because that's going to 
those tickets are all dead once once you get outside once you get a race you know where something outside the top three or four favorites comes in right and that might be a race where i have five horses or i have board and and that's you know that's my advantage right so i want people to bet three by two by three and and i'm not going to criticize them for doing that if that's what they like doing and those tickets of course can hit but i also don't like what people say well i think this horse is value in here well he's only value if he wins, right? I mean, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to at least make a case for why the horse can win. You can't just take a horse because he's, because he's 10 to one or 15 to one. He has to still be able to win. This is pick five. I mean, second, third, fourth, don't do you any good, right? So uh, I'm not, I'm not looking for horses that might outrun their odds and that are 20 to one and might get third. I'm looking for singles and I'm looking for obviously vulnerable favorites that I can, and hopefully play against as well that uh, may go down and that and that helps boost up the pick fives at, at Mohawk more than anything like you said right if you can if you can uh, beat a horse that most people are, are keying on absolutely and there are different approaches I mean there there is some merit to having those you know, horses that outrace their odds but you know you have to play them in a different way I, and it's great when they pop up in a pick five and, and you're able to leverage those kind of horses but it's it's difficult to get 20 to one winners it's difficult to get uh, 15, 17, 18 to one shots in, in these sequences. So you don't necessarily need those kind of things to happen to make money. Uh, when they do happen and you're able to use them, it's great, but it's, it's, it's difficult. There's a reason why they're 20 to one. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of times there, those kind of horses value depending on the horse, if you think it can win and it shows the ability to win, that's different. But I think a lot of times the value with those kind of horses can be underneath, right? I mean, they can be, uh, horses that'll spruce up, you know, your, your try or, or super type play. Um, but, but a lot of times those kind of horses, people are using a pick five and they're, you know, they're one for 46 or something. Right. And, and I don't like to use those kind of horses. Um, but, but they can be value underneath. So for me, there's value in the wind slot and then there's value underneath and they're two, they're two different things when I'm looking for, for value horses or higher price horses. We talked about it a little bit last night with Don Tiger and, and that's, if you, if you guys, catch that Meadowlands podcast from last night because Don, he has a, a kind of a different way of playing too. And he likes to leverage those long shots underneath. And and mm. that doesn't really lend itself to multis necessarily, but it does lend itself to big scores with tries and supers. And and there's lots right. of different ways. I know we talk about a lot of multi races on these, on these uh, podcasts and maybe, maybe some night we need to go into more vertical as far uh, instead of horizontals. The tracks want us to promote these guaranteed pick fives and pick fours. And, and that's why that they show up on these podcasts, but there's a whole nother discussion to be had with some of those other bets. Yeah, no, that makes sense. They, the pick five is the most popular wager. It's a great pool. It's a great bet, low takeout, et cetera. I understand why they want to promote it and it is a good bet, but the super effect is, especially at Mohawk, I find any kind of, any kind of uh, chaos underneath and they're paying $2,000 minimum for a dollar, right? And I've, I've singled horses in just in third and fourth in a 20 cent super, you know, horses that you could see are, are going to be long, but they can get third or fourth and, you know, pick up $2,300 for a 20 cent super. Right. And you know, the ticket costs, you know, around a hundred dollars if you have third and fourth, um, you know, those kind of strategies, I'm not, I didn't catch the Meadowlands podcast yet, but I don't know if, you know, if that's the kind of thing he was talking about, but that's the kind of bet I like to make. Sometimes I'll take mm-hmm. five horses in the win slot all all and my single fourth and the same thing with my single and third and my horse has got to be i want them to be at least you know 20 to 1 i've 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 done that bet with horses that are 40 to 50 or 50 to 1 and uh you have that horse come on and get third or fourth and you've got a wide open 
uh, other than the win slot, you've got anyone can get second or third, let's say, right? <laughs> and you've got your horse in fourth. So it just opens it up to big payoffs. And uh, and I do find the supers pay well at Mohawk. I like strategies that involve uh, that that type of wager. I also sometimes, if there are just two logical choices, really two heavy favorites that you really think are going to dominate, I'll bet a $5 super with those two horses first and second, and I'll put some different horses underneath. And and that's come in quite often too. And it still sometimes pays 200 for a dollar and you get a $5 one. There's a thousand bucks, right? right. Um, yeah. So, and especially on the big days uh, on, you know, on North America cup night and stuff like that. Like I got a decent super out of the, out of the actual North America cup this year when it came in Pebble beach and, and, and then beach class. I mean, the two favorites, right? The super still paid decent because I think it was frozen. Fourth were big prices. Frozen yeah, Hanover right. was in there. Yeah. Third, yeah. You know, so that kind of thing, right? There's money to be made uh, with different strategies. You can't have chalk all the way down through one through four in a super, obviously. But if you could see the top two uh, slots to the favorite, doesn't mean you can't make money. You just have to bet a little smarter, right? I'm not going to try to get that super for 20 cents. You got to get it for more than that. Yeah. You'll like that. I think you and. You, he reminds me of you in some ways, just the way he looks at, at races and the way he bets races. I, I think you'll appreciate that part. I'll have to, if you catch that, I'll have to, t- I'd like to talk to you about that, but we'll, let's Absolutely. get into yeah, this. Yeah. Let's get into these races here. Now we'll go, this is Saturday night now, Mohawk, and you can go to uh, woodbine.com uh, backslash Mohawk and get free programs there also. Uh, they have free programs every night on the Woodbine Mohawk website, and they're very good programs. They include uh, Robert Reed's uh, Horse Players Journal, which is excellent source of information. I always like reading that, especially I, I tend to read his information and things after I've done my homework, and I want to see what I missed, and he's a great source of information. Uh, another another uh, colleague of ours, Garnett Barnesdale, he does DRF harness write-ups every week, so that's another good place you want to look at his analysis and and look for things that you might be missing and add to your tickets. So I advocate looking at these guys analysis every card and and just find out what they're thinking, what they like, what they're doing and, and that's something that I do even though I write up every card. So we're going to go race 1 is Phillies and Mares numbers of 14,000 last 5 and this is on the pace. These are upper level Phillies and Mare pacers here. Uh, these are horses that are right underneath that top level. Uh, Murray, I saw you had a tough time with the race, uh, and I, <laughs> I did, did also. Talk about that first race. Yeah, the first race, when I first looked at it, I was going to try to narrow it down to the five Snow Shark and the seven Twin B Betty, and then I just ended up taking five horses, one, two, three, five, seven, to basically try to survive in advance, because this is a tough race. I started out my analysis kind of being basically against the two Sporty Tory. I thought she got a really easy trip last time, two hole, and then got out in the lane when the favorite that was leading absolutely collapsed. It was an off track. The horses weren't closing a whole lot. She kind of just cruised across while some of the horses that were trying to close were a little bit too far back. And, you know, she was 11 to 1 that day. She faces a lot of the same horses here again. So I think she's going to get bet. If I didn't get eleven to one on her, I don't want to. I don't want to take two or three to one on her. Her next start when I don't think she's all that likely to repeat. So I did put her on my pick five, but um, for me, I'm a bit against her. My top choice would be the seven Twin B Betty. I think she's uh, racing the best of these. Uh, last time closed was a hard closing third, probably closing the best at the end, just a little bit too far back early. And I think maybe Louie will get her more into the race. She has one on the front end. 
Uh, not going to probably get the front with Major League in there, and that always throws a wrench into these mares races where Major League has to have the front. But uh, uh, Twin B Betty, my top pick. I like Snow Shark. She had a ten hole last time, never got rolling, but she's got a great late kick. Should should be able to utilize it a lot better from uh, post five, I think, for Travis Cullen. Uh, I have the one Parisian blue chip. She hasn't won in a while. Does have James McDonald, who's obviously absolutely red hot, uh, winner of eight races uh, back on Monday, continues to roll. So I included the one, I included the two sporty Tory and included the three setting a precedent. For me, this horse was more that she's talented and it's absolutely first time Doug McNair has ever driven this horse. And we've seen what first time Doug McNair can do when we watch the, uh, the NDC races up at Century Mile, Mike. So I included the three as well. Absolutely. Doug McNair, he's, he's, uh, and that first time that when you get that driver on that horse, he's going to move him up. Absolutely. Uh, He'll move this horse up. James has driven this mare and a lot of good drivers have driven this mare, but they're just, I have a hard time leaving out a horse that's first time Doug McNair and she's, you know, and she's making, and she's made 50 some starts in her career. I just like, yeah. I mean, the first time he's ever driven her out of that many starts and she has a better, you know, she's got a three hole, probably he'll keep her a little closer. Yeah. It's hard to leave that horse out. Right. I do think it's a very tough race. Uh, and I, I went back even before, just as we were getting ready to do this, this, uh, I went back and watched that December 2nd last week, race number five. And if you have time, watch this replay because it's very curious and it doesn't really match up necessarily with the line that, that it shows on paper, uh, because Karma Steelster was a huge favorite in the race, got the front, looked for all the world off the turn, like that she was going to go win the race and, and sporty Tory and. Parisian blue chip had sort of Parisian blue chip was, was first up and kind of flattened out, ended up back behind sporty Tory and everyone was gapped on the turn and not going anywhere. And then karma Silster just decided to stop. And the two mm-hmm. inside horses ended up one, two in the race. Uh, really when it looked as though they weren't getting anything at that point. <laughs> right. and, and like you said, sloppy track. Uh, so I'm going to sort of fade sporty Tory here. I, I just feel like that she can't possibly get a better situation and I do like the horse, and I think she's capable, and she can put races together at times. And if you look back to back, that November 5th line, she kicked 26-1. and one. She was a bit hidden there, and then she was 50-1 to one in that race. Showed up and won last week, but I do feel like we missed the wedding on her. Parisian blue chip, tougher trip in that race, and still came for second. So I'm going to use that one. J-Max just too hot to leave off anything, I think. Setting mm-hmm. a precedent I like, because of the McNair angle... If you look back on November 18th, she raced very well, really never looked a loser, absolutely crushed that race, then stepped up and, and raced okay. She she needs things to go her way, right? She's a big, huge closer, typically kicks late. Right. Uh, I think she's hit and miss at times, but she's a use for me off the driver switch and then twin be Betty, like you said, uh, racing very well, climbed the ladder, numbers of 3,000, numbers of 6,000, was nice winner in both of those races. And was beating okay horses there. I mean, better be Donna was in that race two back last mm. week. This horse race, I thought very well, climbing the ladder. So she plays. So I'm going to be one three seven to start that pick five, hoping to get through it. But I think any of them can win. That Snow Shark, even Major League. Sometimes she gets brave. You know she's going to be up front, and then she forgets to stop. Right. You just never know with this race. I think it's pretty tough. I'd say if it's like minus 20, Major League has a chance. I remember, <laughs> I remember her not stopping last winter a couple of times, but it was super cold. Otherwise, I feel like 
it's Flamborough for her to pick up her wins. Uh, yeah, you wonder what's come up. I understand here. what you're saying, but I like I like your angle in that you're leaving off the top two morning line favorites, the five and the two, in a race this wide open. Um, I think you're better off doing that than say leaving off McNair and he beats you right at a price. So right. I have all those horses, but um, yeah, I think uh, you know hopefully we get through with with your one, three, or seven, and it'll be better for both of us. Uh, go to race two, and I, I do like a horse in this race. This is the uh, valedictory stakes, three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Uh, this is numbers of 60,000 as of October 31st. And this is one of those winter series that they race here around Mohawk. And, uh, you know, this brings a couple of these, gives these three-year-olds one last chance to kind of face each, each other and, and uh, put some races together. Uh, Murray, what'd you think about this race? Well, at first I, I, Considered singling Camara Moment, who's probably going to be the favorite. It has raced well, especially since moving to the Dwayne Marfisi barn. But nine hole, and I, I liked a couple other ones in here. So I ended up taking the one, six, and nine. I didn't want to leave out the six. Anytime a horse has come in the top two, 10 out of 12, that catches my attention. Uh, is coming in from uh, Ohio, um, you know, racing at Dayton, had raced at Hoosier Park before that, but raced well all year, moves to the Rod Boyd barn, gets James McDonald, leading driver, gets the winningest post at Mohawk, the six. Didn't want to leave this horse out. I saw this horse as the hidden one. Then I looked later after making my picks. Like you mentioned, I like to do the same thing. I'll look and see what Robert Reed picks after I make my picks, and he picked this horse on top. So mm-hmm. might not be a big price, but I didn't want to leave him out. And I, I also left in the one Whammer Jammer, doesn't look like he's as competitive, perhaps, on times uh, as these with his two Mohawk starts going in about 54. But his first start of Mohawk, he's absolutely locked in the lane, running over horses, only got out late to get third. And then last time got used really hard leaving and then still was able to get by at the end. So I figured basically two good Mohawk starts uh, for him. He's won four to eight this year, so I left him in. I considered also the four unsung hero. Not sure what to make out of him. He's been racing at Pocono, Philly, Meadowlands moves into the Chantel Mitchell barn, but I left that one out. I went with one, six and nine, Mike, who did you like here? I'm going to key the six. I, I okay. feel like, uh, yeah, go. ultra image, the six. I, I like Boyd a lot. I, I think that he's very underrated and, and he's, he doesn't start that many horses, but I do feel like he does send horses, especially in these kind of spots out live. I like right. that J Mac shows up on this horse. I yeah. like that. If you look at his times at, at Dayton, Dayton's a pretty deep track. Uh, even right. Bulldog couldn't break 150 at Dayton, right? So <laughs> right. this horse is yeah, going 52 yeah. there. And yeah, was on an off track, off tra- listed good one as well, right? His last third. So yeah, That's and one to nine last time too against right. numbers of six types. It had raced in the um, Indiana Sire Stakes series down there and, and made money this year. I mean, has made 50, yeah. just enough to stay under, I would think. Uh, prior to entry. So this horse has made a couple bucks its last two starts, but I just feel like that all signs point to him being very good in this race. And I'm just not crazy about the ones that are up here. I don't like Raymer Jammer at all. Those are dud fields that he's facing and he might improve uh, again and be competitive here, but I'm not crazy about him. Uh, Kamara moment off. I ended up scratching out of that harvest series final, which Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that they didn't want to do that. The horse had to be legitimately sick he, there. He was sick, yes. Yeah, comes back and beats the Emmett's buddies and Silk Road smashes of the world. And I just think that neither none of those horses are nearly as good as the six here. So I I don't want any of the other ones at shorter prices. Now he has to ship up. He has to you know acclimate. 
it it could might might need to start, but I just I don't know. All signs for me point to the six, and I do think that he's going to be bet in the race. So I'm going to live and die with the six in race number two. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. I think he will get bet in the race and a win more than he's going to get bet in the pick five. So that is beneficial. He will get bet in the pick five, but I think the nine will definitely take more money in the pick five mm-hmm. simply because of his lines. And it's a horse that Ontario betters know and the Mohawk betters know, but yeah, he's only raced to get really against non-winners of two, right? So that is a completely different class. Little scary taking a shipper. Sometimes they come in and are and acclimate, like you said, and are ready to roll first asking, but certainly not always. Um, you know, sometimes they seem to need to start. It seems to depend on the horse. So I see where you're coming from, but yeah, a little too risky for me to single the six, but uh, I went one, six, nine, and I could, you know, I could see your angle there, you know, singling that horse. I'm sure J-Mac will, will give him a shot in the race. There's no doubt about that. I feel like he could end up in the pocket too, because you know, the nine's going to go right. He's, he's gotten the front in every race, but he lost from a horse from the pocket on November 12th. And then all of a sudden had to scratch out of that final misses a bunch of weeks right. and then comes back and he's three to five and he wins again. But I just, I don't know. I don't trust him. And if I don't like him, I don't want him at all. So yeah, um, that makes sense. And I think you should, you could get the pocket here. The only other horse probably going to jam might, might whammer jammer might jam from the rail, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of other speed in here. So yeah, I mean, you know, Louie might go, but that horse hasn't shown that that much. So uh, yeah, pocket would be nice for the six and he would be tough from there. You would think. All right, let's go to race three numbers of 12,500 last five on the pace and this is a tough bunch of horses uh, this is sort of your middle to upper level uh, condition type race and and you get some drop and you get some horses stepping up and and uh it's 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 a tweener type race i i like these kind of races i was pretty short in here also you'll probably find the same ones murray who'd you like in the third well i took the three droppers uh mike because for me yeah it's kind of i want to kind of go with uh, I want. I usually like a horse dropping from that non-winners eighteen thousand that range down into this non-winners of twelve if I can find one. And in this case, there's three of them, so I took all three. The two Legion Sealster last time he was in this class, easy winner back on November nineteenth. Same thing goes for Points North last time he raced at non-winners of twelve thousand, easy winner, right? The four horse. And then you look at the seven Cadillac Bayama. He's always raced well with Doug McNair driving. And last time he raced at this level, the non-winners of 12,000, he was he was second by only half a length to commanding officer who's, you know, raced in the preferred. So I think the two, four, seven should get you through here. The three did race well last time in this class. He would be the next horse I put in, but I don't want to put in, I mean, it's bad enough I'm putting in three chocks. I don't want to put in the four, <laughs> the four obvious horses, but I had to put in two, four and seven because I think all three of those are capable. They're all dropping. And I think one of those three is going to win this race. Um, the Cadillac Bahama is still on my, uh, on my list. Uh, if you look at that October and you know how this is, you know, this really has nothing to do with anything, but my own personal bias when, when I needed him severely on October 15th and he looked for all the world, like he was winning that race and somehow he lost the commanding officer who got up the rail in that race. And, and I've kind of been mad at him ever since. And, and he has made me money in the past, but. Um, yeah, he he had like he stopped a couple of times real late, like real close to wire like that when Philion drove him as well. But it seems like Doug gets the most out of him and he has been able to get him get him home, you know, for a few wins. And he's made me money, too. But I do remember that race. And yeah, he fell apart real late there. It was a yeah, fast he, mile. 
he has f- faced you know the desperate mans and the no free lunches in his last couple, and he could wake up. But I'm just too deep, and uh, I'm gonna go with the the three and the four. The four points north. Uh, I like that Drury's back. He drives this horse best. Yes, and this this horse is best when he can get out on the front and kind of just strut his stuff, do his Absolutely. thing, and you you know when he's going to be good because he's up front and he's you know he's not stopping. I mean, he just has every look. Whenever he wins. Just he's a tough going, horse. Yeah, and yeah. he just send and keep sending. Right, that's all you have to do with him in this race, and that's what Drury will do. And and I believe that he will. And and I thought he raced pretty well last time from off the pace, and that's not typically his mo, especially against Desperate Man, American History. Neither one right. of those horses in here. I feel right. like he controls the race. Yeah, no, that's so. a good point. Drury's going to send for sure. So yeah, they have to catch him. They and they probably won't. So you know. I actually like him even more the more I look at it. So, yeah, good point. And you have the three as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nautical Hanover, who I thought raced pretty well last time. Here's a horse. Now, Bayerjean's back, uh, and his horses are almost all of them are racing well. Yes. Uh, here's a horse that ships in from Yonkers, comes off the half-mile track, winning that numbers of six. Those are tough races down there. They go for big money there. And prior to that, he was racing in the PSI Stakes. I mean, this horse has made over 100000 this year. Just missed to Rock Me, Roll Me, who I think that that's a, a classy, t- tough horse. And to Absolutely. come up here first time and to lose to that horse, uh, I feel like that now he's inside. He probably should get a trip because you know that Points North is going to have to go and others are going to have to chase if they want to catch him. I feel like he gets the last run. So if anything is going to beat the four, it's going to be the three. So I was three, four in that third race. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, fourth race here. This is straight non when It's a two on the pace. Uh, on the, Let's see. Non-winners of two or 26,000 lifetime. And this race is, uh, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm not crazy about really any of these horses. I'm three deep. I'm curious to see who you have. And this is the race where I singled. So there you go, right? Um, it's great to have different opinions. But I ended up landing, I had to single somebody. Um, and I uh, ended up singling Night Shadow, the six horse, as uh, this is a group of, you know, when you get these non-winners or two, you've got a lot of horses that don't seem ready and or capable of winning, whereas I know Night Shadow definitely can win because he won only three starts back in the same non-winners or two class with Doug McNair driving. If you look at his last, you know, six races, the ones that are in the program, Doug only drove twice. He had that easy win and a really good second in a race where, full disclosure, ripped off an insane three quarters and 21 and four and an off track. He was the horse that closed for a good second that day. So he raced, I think outstanding both races. Doug McNair was in the bike finds a group here that just is really shy and wins. Like honestly, if William Hanover is the favorite, he's one of the last horses I would put in. So for me, he finds a soft group and I'm singling the sixth night shadow with Mr. McNair. So we, we talked about, uh, the races that Camara moment and Whammer Jammer win. Well, these are these are the horses that these this, these horses have been facing. How right. how good would these horses look in in that race uh, in the second race? I, that this is was my problem with that with those horses versus yeah. kind of that yeah, other true. Dayton horse. No one's a two is pretty soft. Yeah, especially up here. Uh, I I really don't understand what William Hanover is five to two in the program. I I don't really understand right. that off these lines. I, I guess. Because he has some that fifty four and four, uh, I don't know. I'm not yeah. crazy about him. I'm not using him. I'm going to use three horses. I agree on Night Shadow. He's a must use. Just the the McNair factor 
And right. those two races, especially two back, he came from a long way back to be second. And right. full disclosure was gone that well, night. Three quarters, 21 and an off track in right. dollars or two is going to get you a big lead. And it did. But yeah, he raced outstanding that day. He raced right. great. And, quickly that, and that, that horse day. has come back to race. Okay. Too for Goyce said who, yeah, he's an okay horse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like him. Uh, I think that Emmett's buddy has been finishing miles. If you look now, a lot of times he's way too far back and he has breaks and he has other things going on. But when he actually stays flat, he finishes right. up. You see a lot of 27s next to his name. So I think yeah. he's going to be finishing at least going forward as long as he's flat. He has five wins out of 13 races. So I'm going to use him and you get Wah now. So that's a, you know, he's driven him before, but I like that driver switch. And then for a price, I'm going to try the seven. You get DJ Sealster. J-Mac sticks with this horse off that last race where the horse basically did nothing. So my thought would be, and there's a lot of races this horse has done nothing. If you look back, 10 by 23, 10 by 25, 10, 10 by 9, but did have a win back in April. So that, that was a while ago. The horse obviously needed the last race. I mean, had had been laid off and had had his issues, had been off since May. J Max sticks. You know, he pretty much has his choice of any horse at the track right now, the way he's going. He won eight races Monday night. So I'll use him in a race that I really have no opinion in, thinking, okay, he's staying. The barn, this horse is finally getting back on a regular schedule, and there's no killers in the race. So I'll use three, six, seven there in race number four. If I was going to put in one more horse, it would be the three Emmett's buddies. So I'm, I'm with you there and uh, soft spot for the Manitoba bred uh, horse. But yeah, I think he does close well. I think he's a horse that's going to light the board in this race, but I just, uh, yeah, I singled the six. I didn't really like anyone but six and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I could see singling the six in the race, especially with McNair back, and, and uh, you know he's going to be up close. He likely controls the race. I really don't want to play the five at all, so he's probably going to win. But yeah, Well, I definitely hope not, but yeah, we're both against the five. I see Doug doing the same kind of thing, like get away third or fourth and then make the backstretch brush the lead, and then I think he's gonzo. So the fifth race, this is how we're going to get paid this pick five. Non-winners of 3,000, last five on the pace again. Uh, two massive droppers in this race. What are you doing with them? Well, to keep my ticket fairly cheap, I ended up just going with the seven and the eight. So I've got uh, the eight South Beach Hanover coming back off the long layoff since October. Uh, he's ripping off miles back then, of course, when the track was a lot faster, 49 and 50. He's got early speed. He's capable. Just one qualifier, but got to put that horse in. I, I will probably have a ticket singling this horse as well when it comes to Saturday night. Uh, I don't mind playing horses off layoffs. Some people don't like it. I, I don't mind doing it if it's a good trainer, which Sean Stacy definitely is. So I've got the eight. And then Forefather, I would assume, is one of the horses making the huge drop that you're uh, talking about because, yeah, he's going from a straight 50,000 claimer where he's up against Acapulco Sunburn, and now he's in against the non-winners of 3,000. And uh, similar to Points North, kind of same kind of thing we were talking about with Drury driving. Last time he raced in a class this low back on November 5th, same post and everything, same driver, post seven, went to the front, ripped off a mile and 50 and four to win. So I think he's going to employ that same kind of strategy, 10 to one on the morning line, I like. And so I've got the seven and the eight. Okay, there's another dropper I was referring to, uh, and that's the two Typhoon Stride, who's been racing numbers of 12,000, and the Points North, Legion Silsters, American Histories of the World. Uh, What do you do with them, though? 
Well, yeah, I, I, just don't, I don't like horses that back out of it that bad, even when yeah. they're chasing better horses. But there's no reason you should get beat by, you know, get seventh uh, when you're following horses like that and come home in 30 flat. So for me, that that last race turned me off of him. Um, not a high percentage trainer driver combo. It is a drop in class. But of the droppers, I like Forefather better. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I looked at the two. I obviously considered Actor Hanover as well, which I think James kind of realizes this horse can't take a lot of air after his last start because the start he won, he kind of was able to follow, follow, follow. Last time he was more taking some air. But, um, yeah, for me, I looked at two and three and then ended up leaving them off, and I went with just the seven and the eight. Who Did, did you put the two in, Mike? I did use the two only because if you look at the, the two the, – now you're getting a driver switch and last time Henry blasted this horse. Now prior right. to that, the horse had been racing from off the pace and finishing up in, in miles and getting checks versus those tough horses. Last time they tried, they, they blasted and the horse just didn't want, didn't want that. He, he was like, Nope. So now you get a lot more patient driver. You get a, a massive drop. I, I feel go, to go from numbers of 12,000 to this numbers of 3000. And this isn't a typical numbers of three, like, thousand where you have the absolute horses that are struggling every minute to, to try to get something that's not really the case here right. but I, I just feel like that he fits enough and I, I feel like maybe the style suits the driver more and he's won seven races this year so i i will use him actor hanover i i don't like him only because i can he win maybe but that night that he won it was a stone cold perfect setup and a 53 and three half and he came and got a couple horses, Highland Beach Lover ended up coming to back to win out of that race. Uh, let's get pickled is in this race, but they went crazy there. I don't, I don't know. I don't. He's going to be over bet, I think, in the race. And and South Beach Hanover probably wins if he's ready, right? I mean, he was probably you know going forty nine and two here earlier this year against you know look look at his last few starts, even when he was going Carbine, Woodmere, Steel Deal, all horses that would crush these horses. Uh, the qualifier was just fine. Kicked home twenty-seven and two. He's gonna have to to pace to win this race, but I think he's hard to leave off. And and I just it seems a little chalky to me. I feel like if one of those two probably wins, Forefather is just too hit and miss for me. The mm-hmm. morning line makes him attractive. His ability mm-hmm. makes him attractive, but I just don't know with with other speed in the race that could maybe push him. Uh, depending on what Let's Get Pickled does and what South Beach Hanover does. Seven and eight are the only one. I, I think they're both going forward off the gate, and that's why mm-hmm. I like both of them. I think they're the, the only two true levers in this race, if you assume Christophe Roux probably doesn't leave with the two, like you said, because he's going to take a different approach, right? Yeah, I mean, the five went 53 and three, you know, yeah. two back. That's, so, I mean, he could that go. Was, that was wild. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, he's been stuck at this low level for a while. I think Doug's going to be – probably more looking for a trip for him but i think mm-hmm. seven eight move forward off the gate anyway i know forefather is definitely not consistent i don't love taking this horse but uh i don't want him to to wire the wire me like he did on november 5th and and not have him right because i i do think he's leaving for sure i do agree that the price the morning line especially makes him attractive especially in a ticket like this yeah. for yeah. sure yeah so i got seven eight you have do you have two eight two eight yeah yeah two, okay not not all that creative, but I just feel like one of those two has to win that last race. Uh, let's recap our tickets, and uh, it starts in race number one, Saturday night. It's guaranteed hundred thousand dollar pick five. I'm I'll go I'll go first. Uh, my ticket uh, is thirty six for a buck, seven twenty for twenty cents. It's the one three seven with the six with the three four 
with the three six seven with the two eight. Right, and uh, mine is uh, just eighteen dollars for twenty cents. I've got one two three five seven with one six nine with two four seven with six with seven eight. Okay, perfect. So hopefully one of those tickets. I think we both can win. Yeah, we can if it comes yeah. six eight the last two legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we both can cash that ticket. So we're going to go can. with that scenario. All right, so there's one more race we're going to talk about, and that's the ninth race, which is the Preferred Handicap. This is Saturday night, and this Preferred has come up really nice. Some of the Preferreds in the last couple weeks have been short fields, and they've been being dominated with uh, by Wheels on Fire. He's won four out of the last five and had an excuse in the other one. So now you get an eight-horse field. You have some sharp horses you know, stepping up. Uh, you have some horses with tons of back class that are sort of finding themselves a little bit. So very interesting race, uh, Murray. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to advise against Wheels on Fire because, as you said, on four of his last five, really he's won four of his last four that he had a chance in, right? Broken equipment refunded the other one. So, And he got good in the winter last year and ran off, I believe, at least six in a row. So it's hard to go against him. They've assigned him post eight, but he's got great early speed. I mean, he's not going to get parked a whole long ways. He's 22 out of 36 in the top two. The mayor so much more. Her top two stats, 24 to 33. So those are the logical two. I mean, I could see betting a try, 6-8, even though those are the chalk. If you get creative underneath, uh, you could still make money in this race. A horse I would definitely use underneath, and I maybe will play a small exact to play with, in first and second would be the three desperate man. Obviously, that would be one that you're talking about huge back class. Although this he's kind of the key to the race, right? I mean, he, he has is, to be. Is, the key is, to the he, is he back from last race? Because that was a, a track fast, but one second off. Twenty six and three third quarter. Twenty eight and one coming home. You know, really got used hard that back half and was able to gut it out and win. James did drive that day, but obviously right back to Trevor Henry. He knows the horse better than anyone. Obviously won the North America Cup with him. But is he back? That is the key to the race, right? Because he could throw a wrench into any kind of 6-8, type wagers people are trying to bet in this race. I think he's the most likely one to crash the top two. That's not six or eight. So I would look at possibly betting an exact at first and second three with with six, eight, I probably have smaller ones with the five and seven. I've crossed out the one, two, and four in terms of uh, a top two finish. So three with five, six, seven, eight, first and second would be an exact to play. If I feel like, if it looks like from the odds, this uh, a try with six, eight, first and second may pay as long as you don't have, you know, the absolute chalk underneath, say desperate man underneath, then I might look at that kind of a bet as well. But yeah, for me, desperate man's the key to the race. What do you think of him in this in this spot, Mike? Well, I think he's interesting because I, I like the fact that, okay, he, he sort of got good in the summer for a, just a couple races, right? For right. just for a brief minute, he seemed like he was kind of getting back to himself and he has a couple wins this year. And that was during that time. And it was at the top level. Now he dropped last time he got his confidence back. Uh, mm-hmm. He just, and that was not, a, you know, there are a few of those horses that he beat there are in here. So you have American history that was in that race. Points North is a legitimate horse. We know that he's capable of beating these horses. And I, I feel like if you're going to get him and he is back, he's going to get his trip here, right? Because you have the outside horses that are all going to go. You have Sintra that's been mixing it up recently and you have Anthony McDonald on him and he tends to kind of, he's going to leave. Right. And six and eight kind of have to leave, don't they? I mean, maybe James doesn't leave with six, but there's no doubt eight's leaving. There's no doubt Anthony's leaving. 
American history probably pushes from the two hole. So maybe Desperate Man exactly gets the trip he wants, which is some action up front to chase down. And if you look close at Wheels on Fire, and if you and if you're just looking at this paper blindly and you didn't see the races, obviously we've seen the races, but yeah. he a couple of those preferreds, he snuck up the rail to win by a nose and he yeah. gutted out wins and maybe he might not should have won this or that or whatever. <laughs> now you're in the eight hole, you missed a week. Uh he's gonna be bad off all those ones. He's yeah. gonna base pressure. It's an eight horse field this time. There's other speed, there's other class, there's other things to kind of I think make him vulnerable at a short price and i would prefer see i want the horse on the come here for me i i would be interested in desperate man and maltese i would definitely use because i'm not going to let him beat me because right. he's probably the fourth choice in the race at least the fourth choice okay i agree he might even be fifth behind eight six five and seven because people right. love a 25 and two kicker which is what no free lunch shows so yeah and i like good. no free lunch because if yeah, he's, he's 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 getting the setup. He gets now. James gets off. Price goes up. Right. Christopher right. is capable, and yep. the style suits perfect. Right. You know he's going to sit. So yep. <laughs> why not have a guy that's going to sit, and you know he's going to sit, and he's going to come. He's racing extremely well. Those last four races just missed. Okay, to to wheels on fire last time. He's going to get a setup. He's going to be much better price than some of these other ones. So I would try to, I think, wrap Maltese around the closers in the race, hoping for the American history to show up when he decides to go and blast and, and kind of cause chaos with the so much mores and the wheels on fires of the world. And then right. your closers are going to come. Even Salzburg Victor has a closers puncher's chance. And if you look back on November 5th, that was a very similar spot. Is, does he win this race probably five out of a hundred times? Maybe, but you're yeah, going to get a price and he's going to make it pay whenever it goes. So I want closers in the race. I think the closers are three and seven and I agree with you. I'd lean to them as, as definitely having a chance. The thing that, you know, you hate to see though, which could happen is Sintra leaves definitely lets wheels on fire go. James is conservative with the mayor comes like a slow first over. And then you mm -hmm. end up not getting the fractions you need for three or seven to get there. That that's that's what I'm afraid of. Right. But there's another <laughs> scenario where two and five both leave. Maybe even James leaves a bit. Wheels on fire gets hung out, has to go the half and 53 or 54. And then you've got something. Agree. Uh, it's yeah. very, it's a fascinating race and probably the best preferred. I think we've had for several weeks. I agree. Yeah. And if you're going to play against Wheels on Fire, this is the race probably because I he was very lucky in a way to win those nose ones. They were both up the rail, the both wins that he had by nose. Has missed a week. I, I, I like Desperate Man that he got to race last week. Uh, so did so much more but uh, in Sintra. But Wheels on Fire, a little bit of time off. He does have all those ones, like you're saying, catches everyone's attention. He's obviously a well-known horse. This is the week if you want to try to beat him, I would say, to do that. But he still could easily win the race. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, he could gut out another nose. I, I thought his best race was that Century Heineken race. But when, when Century Heineken got a perfect trip behind him, and he just he, even though they didn't come home all that fast, he yeah. kind of gutted out that win. That was yeah, he, him can, he, he will fight a horse off, and he's absolutely massively huge, which doesn't hurt, right? I mean, the horse has to, you know, some horses have they can't get up beside him to go by. They got to go way by him, right? Because he's huge. And uh, yeah, he's tough, but um, hoping for quick fractions, they mix it up. I think if that does happen, Desperate Man will be there. I remember what you're talking about in the summer. I made a bunch of money off him the night he got second to Bulldog 
mm-hmm. and he raced and he raced and 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 tattoo artist was third. That's when I thought, okay, here we are, desperate man's back, right? And then he tailed off right. again. But if he races anything like he did back in that race, I mean, he's obviously competitive with ease. Yeah, he's yeah. capable for sure. I mean, he's made a million one. He just he just like I said, he hasn't been able to find himself. And that win last week might wake him up. Yeah, I think so. I like I like that the you know first over and just uh, ground them out in a big back half. So um, yeah, it's uh, I th- I think that that's a good race to build off for him. And I'm very very interested to see how he does here. It's this is a great race, uh, like you said, and I'm really looking forward to it uh, Saturday night. So that's a great card. I feel like that we've given you some good ideas. Uh, go to woodbine.com backslash Mohawk. Get your free program. Get in there on Saturday night and check it out. Anybody that's interested in that Meadowlands card from that night, check out the other In The Money podcast that Ray Cotolo, Don Tiger, and I did last night. It just went up today. Uh, and, and it's a little long. It's it's over an hour, but it's uh, I, I feel like very much worthwhile to listen to. So check that out. Murray, you got some Century Downs this weekend, so give us a little plug there. Well, I yeah, I'm not calling no, Century Miles Racing. Uh, of course, I'm not calling there. Dylan uh, calls the race up there, but they do race Friday and Saturday night at Century Miles, 6.15. Uh, I've done the picks that you're going to have up, of course, at nahupicks.com, uh, my selections, which usually do fairly well, as you well know. Uh, mm-hmm. Next time I'm going to be calling up there, I, they've asked me to fill in. I'm filling in on New Year's Eve, calling the races there. So that'll be my next action announcing um, December 31st, Century Mile, 615. Uh, Hopefully some of the listeners will tune in and uh, spend their New Year's Eve with me. Real quick, and and we really haven't talked about it. I haven't talked to you much since that National Drivers' Championship up at Century. What was your impression? And I I felt like it was was an awesome night of racing. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, the fact that I said that McNair would have to physically carry Litazor across the wire and then then he basically did that kind of made me feel a little foolish, but I did hint the fact, you know, that he could improve a lot of those horses. And that was obviously the highlight, uh, you know, the main takeaway besides Dave Kelly, I thought, you know, outstanding showing by showing by the local guy, just the improvement that McNair uh, put on some of those horses was unbelievable. Like the, the way he can keep a horse alive, the hands he has, uh, winning with Litazor, winning with Captain Mike Deo, I mean, unbelievable. Even just a horse like Dial Me Up, who's that's a, you know, kind of a quitting type horse, comes first up with her and he's able to hang on for third. Like even yeah. that, that kind of a competition. And I tweeted what I thought. I thought it was not the NDC, it was the FDC. It was free driving clinic uh, put on by Doug McNair. Honestly, it was it was amazing. It was fantastic, and and I did. I, f- I felt like that uh, Century Mile put on a great show. Uh, I felt like the pod was very well received, also that we did. Great, and, yeah. um, really enjoyed the pod. I thought James Junquist, Josh Murphy did a great job on the broadcast with Peter Lurie interviews. Lots of good information, right. uh, you know. And great handle, yeah, good handle. Exactly, people tuned in. They put it on a good night. You know, it was just smart all the way around the way they did it. Um, and uh, I think the drivers really enjoyed it as well. So. Uh, really happy with the way that went here in my home province. And uh, yeah, I'm glad some people tuned in for sure. All right, we're going to wrap. Uh, check out Saturday night. Lots of great harness racing. It's winter time, but there's big pools. There's betting opportunities. So get in where you fit in. Uh, go to nahupix.com for Meadows, Meadowlands, Woodbine, uh, Mohawk, Century Downs. Rosecroft. And now Rod's working on some kind of Australian racing. So check that out too. Uh, check out Murray's picks at Nahu. He does a great job. And uh, we'll catch you next time. 
on first over without Edison Hatter. 